0: Will it hold? Another volume for our ideal shelf of nature writing this time. But luckily, it's a small volume Paddy Woodworth has for us today, though as ever, its import is anything but. This time, Leonard Nathan's 1996 meditation on his own existence at the end of a pair of binoculars, Diary of a Left-Handed birdwatcher, is our latest inclusion for The Naturalist Bookshelf.
1: Is it any wonder, the poet Leonard Nathan asks that popular opinion regards birdwatchers as a little mad. He raises this question after describing how he and a group of fellow watchers have risen from a comfortable dinner to spend ever chillier evening hours standing up to their calves in marsh water in search of a yellow rail. This bird, a relative of the corn crake, is distinctive only for being indistinguishable from its shadowy habitat. When the watchers finally flush it, they barely get a glimpse of a tiny bundle of brown feathers before it disappears into the darkening gloom. Nathan had hoped for a much better view, for what he calls the heart-stirring sensation that goes with a clear, vivid vision of a bird. Nevertheless, he writes that he is weary but exultant. I have experienced, if only partially, something extraordinary. I have experienced a rare and real presence. Nathan is keenly aware that this statement resonates with echoes from religious texts, though he is not a conventionally religious man. His Diary of a Left-Handed Birdwatcher, a small but almost perfectly formed book, is a series of brief, playful, but very telling meditations on a single question. Why do birdwatchers watch birds? It's significant that Nathan, a Californian, calls himself a bird watcher rather than a birder, an Americanism that has spread across the globe. For him, birders are fanatic listers, so busy ticking off a species on their highly competitive inventories and moving on to the next one that they hardly seem to see actual birds in the here and now at all whereas bird watchers in nathan's view are reluctant to lower their binoculars from a particular individual bird their concentrated focus derives he argues from a need to make sure of the identity of the bird yes but also from a strong desire to prolong so special a seeing. Not the consummation of a hunt, but an epiphany, a direct encounter with the meaning and mystery of otherness. Okay, that is a bit of a mouthful, and isolated like this, it may make Nathan sound precious and pretentious. On the contrary, however, he constantly questions his own experiences, and especially his desire his need, if you like, to situate them in such a rarefied, almost mystical context. And he concedes that the birders he dismisses may have similar experiences, but just don't care to articulate them like this. He uses, as foils to any overthinking, the biting wit of tough-minded friends. One is an ornithologist whose experience of birds is rigorously filtered through the lens of science. Another is a fellow poet who can barely contain his contempt for the prettiness and daintiness he associates with birds, both in life and in literature. Nathan's wife plays an intermediate role, lovingly empathetic, but reminding him gently of the impossibility of explaining the mystery of his bird-watching epiphanies. A word he also defines, and James Joyce might have approved, as the shock of recognition. Nathan calls to his aid a smorgasbord of piquant literary reflections on birds. We hear from Gerard Manley Hopkins and from Sappho, from Goethe and from Valmiki, the author of the great Hindu epic, the Ramayama. Some of the writers Nathan calls as witnesses are entirely imaginary. He conjures up from his own recurring dream narrative a fictional 15th-century Italian traveller who himself dreams of an Arab poet blind from birth whose lost masterpiece perfectly describes birds which have been extinct since the flood. But for all these literary and magic realist grace notes, this book always comes back to the core melody, rendering the experience of seeing actual individual birds. Nathan finds in them what he calls superfluous beauty, a phrase that captures an elusive element that evolutionary biology leaves out of its account of the world. At the very centre of the book, there is a long, lonely poem that opens with an elderly man, rather like the 69-year-old Nathan himself, watching a bird he has spotted too late vanish into the vast pallor of palpable distance. His state of mind shifts from sharp existential panic at the emptiness before him through recollection of the abundant joys he has experienced in the natural world to an acceptance that waiting in solitude, an experience common to birdwatchers of all ages, is the one office that the old decently could do. Not for the first time. We find that the books we have taken down from the naturalist bookshelf are as much about our own human nature as they are about the natural world they celebrate.
0: Paddy Woodworth Fair on Diary of a Left-Handed Birdwatcher by Leonard Nathan. And Paddy and the Naturalist Bookshelf take to the stage as part of Dublin Book Festival on Sunday, November 12th, when he, Lisa Fingleton, Anya Murray, Gwen Wilkinson and your host will be talking about the word wild and its changing meanings over time in writing about the natural world. That's next Sunday afternoon in the Botanic Gardens in Glasnevin in Dublin. Details from DublinBookFestival.com and we'll be recording the event for broadcast on Saturday 18th in the Culture File weekly spot at 6:30 p.m. here on RTÉ Lyric FM.